ready for that blast of cold. I know I wasn't. Anyway, glad you're here today. And obviously, we are uh, living in a season uh, where there's a lot of sickness. Uh, you know, with, with COVID the last couple of years, it kind of got to the point you can't, you can't even uh, blow your nose or sneeze or, or have a sniffle or anything and without people running away from you, you know, unclean, unclean, like you're a leper or something. And I remember back a year ago, Thanksgiving, when, when I got COVID, Becky and I were laughing uh, back then that, you know, I was really sick pretty sick for about two weeks but then I got uh, to feeling better very quickly and uh, really the only thing that uh, residual effect that bothered me was it took about two months to get my energy back but other than that you know I, I f felt good I didn't have any other symptoms anything like that but man I mean people still stayed away from me you know and <laughs> it was like okay if you get COVID <laughs> Uh, not only are we going to stay away from you when you have COVID, we're going to stay away from you after you had COVID. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was kind of weird. And so it's done a lot of crazy things. And, and uh, I, you know, one, one of the unfortunate things is that uh, people won't leave each other alone. And uh, whatever I think about COVID, I think everybody else has to think the same thing. And uh, so then we try to enforce our thoughts and opinions on everybody to, to respond the way that we do. And that's not a good thing either. So anyway, it's been a strange couple of years. And so we're in a season of colds and sniffles and allergies and all kinds of things. But of course, we're in a, a greater context of the COVID virus and everything. And probably by now, every one of us knows someone uh, who has died in the last couple of years. Um, I've certainly had uh, some who were uh, dear to me uh, pass away during the last couple of years. And it just seems like that with all the political unrest that we had all around the election and, and after the election and and uh, then with COVID mixed in and all the kinds of things that were going on, it just seemed like uh, a lot of people were irritable and nasty and ugly and mean and, and hateful and uh, just, you just run into that sort of thing all the time out there in the world. Uh, there are people that have a lot of anger issues and, and a lot of rage and and things like that. And so probably every one of us, probably every one of us have had incidents personally or we've at least seen it uh, around us. Maybe while you're out shopping or buying groceries or driving a car or whatever. We see all of these little snippets of people being mad at the world almost. And just anything that happens, they have a quick fuse, a short temper and just boom, they just explode, and uh, hate. And all this can be discouraging. And then on top of all of that, our own personal things, like maybe 
You know, you start a new year with, with plans and goals and dreams and whatever, and maybe it just didn't turn out the way that you thought it would. And maybe you've had to live with some disappointment. Maybe uh, relationships didn't turn out the way that you thought they would, and, and it hurts. It's painful. Maybe you've experienced some loneliness this year. Maybe you've experienced some heartache. Maybe you've experienced uh, some struggles. And it's hard amidst all of this kind of thing to not be negative in our thinking. It's hard uh, to keep a smile on your face and, and to be cheerful about life because there are a lot of bad things going on in the world today. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. The Bible refers to all of that kind of stuff as darkness. That's the world, and the world is in darkness. And Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And so as Christians, as Christ followers, we need to listen to what Jesus has to say about such things. And you know, Jesus brings light and life to our lives. Jesus brings hope to the hopeless or situations that might seem to be hopeless. Jesus brings courage to those that need a boost or a jolt of courage. Jesus brings peace to chaos. Jesus brings all kinds of good into all this world of evil and darkness. And here's some way to look at it. Even when we think about how bad things are, you know, if you go outside here in Dallas and you look up to see the stars, a lot of times you're not going to see a whole lot of stars, even on a clear night. You're just not going to see many stars. You may see Venus over there shining and dancing and everything, but uh, you don't see a whole lot. But now, you go out there to West Texas, out in the middle of nowhere, and you look up on a clear night, and you see more stars than you can count. And in fact, it's amazing. And, and if you really look up and see them and begin to look you all, it almost becomes a three-dimensional thing where you begin to see stars past the stars that you first were aware of. And then when you really focus on it and spend a little time with it, it almost comes alive and, and literally you see a beauty and a grandeur and a magnificence in the stars. Now, I want to use that to help us find encouragement in the world and the times that we live in, okay? The book of Philippians in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says in verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. 
Anybody here think we're living in a crooked, twisted generation? I do. I don't know about you, but I do. And, and that's the way Paul characterized the times that he lived in. It's a crooked, twisted, messed up, perverse generation. And really, if you go back and you study the socio-historical context in which Paul wrote, and you learn about the Roman civilization and the Greek influence and all the kinds of things that the people, the church in Philippi would be living amidst, you would find, you know, their world is just as bad and messed up as the one we live in. And maybe in some ways even worse. And so what Paul was saying to these people is in this messed up, twisted, perverted, weird world with all the bad, all the negative, all the stuff going on, you are to shine as lights in the darkness. And so if it is really bad, and it is, that means it's really dark. And if it's really dark, that means your light can shine very brightly. We need the lights to shine in the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus said when he said, you don't light a candle and stick it under the bed or under a basket. But I'm afraid that's what a lot of us do. We live in fear because of the darkness. How many of you, let's be honest now, come on, and I want you to raise your hand. How many of you are afraid of the dark? There are some here, yes. And then there's probably some that don't want to admit it. You come Thursday night to celebrate recovery and we'll work on that. So, afraid of the darkness. A lot of people are afraid of the dark. People have always been afraid of the dark. And people are afraid of the darkness of this world. I bet you a lot more hands would go up if I talk about some of the places, some of the people, some of the things going on in this world around us that you're afraid of. What are we afraid of? Well, we have fear because of our concern about protecting ourselves and our loved ones. I remember uh, our daughter Katrina when she was little. I don't know where this came from because neither, neither Becky or I were like this. Becky, she'd talk to anybody. She'd talk to a fence post. And uh, I just wasn't scared of people. But for some reason, Katrina was. If you were a stranger, uh, if, if Katrina was walking on this side of me and we're walking down the sidewalk or down the road or in the mall or whatever, and a strange person comes walking to meet us, she'd just jump around over here on this side. 
I mean, that's just how she was. Or we might be sitting in the car or something at a stoplight, and Daddy, Daddy, that man's looking at me. And she'd be pointing at somebody in the, next, in the other car, you know. And, like, and if we stepped off an elevator before she did, she would just panic. And so I don't know all the reasons why she was like that, but she was afraid of a lot of people and a lot of situations because she always seemed to think somebody is going to get me. And, you know, it could have been, you know, now that I think about it, it might have something to do with some of the crazy things Becky told our kids, you know, when we did go to the mall. If you don't stay close to me, somebody's going to get you. <laughs> she knows it's true. <laughs> but anyway, we're afraid of stuff. We're afraid of situations. We're afraid of people. We're afraid Now, we do want to be smart, right? There are some fears that are legitimate, reasonable, and there are some things we ought to be afraid of. But I think sometimes the church has difficulty finding that balance. You know, some, some of you don't remember this, some of you do but I'm going to use that as an illustration. A number of years ago, uh, several of us would feed the homeless every Monday night across the street. And so people from all around Irving uh, who, who were in the homeless community, they would come there and, and they would eat on Monday nights. Well, you know, over time they began to learn that, hey, we can get a free meal on Sunday at noon, too. And, and so, uh, a lot of times, they would start coming into the uh, activity center right around lunchtime. Well, so I had a talk with them, and, and I just said, look, this, this meal over there is, is designed for the, for the people, and we cook for the number of people that are going to be here. And, and all that kind of thing, and we would love for you to come and eat with us, but it's really for people who are uh, who come uh, to the the service. And so, why don't you come to the church service and let's worship the Lord together, and then we'll go over together and eat. And several of them, a lot of them, at one time, you know, they they okay, yeah. And so a lot of them, they're coming in, sit on that, that the back back there, and, and uh, Eddie, he, or not Eddie, yeah, anyway, he would come and he would sit right there where you guys are. He'd ride a bicycle all over town, but he, he'd ride his bike and he'd come sit there. And then um, every once in a while, there was a particularly rough customer walk through the door. I mean rough in appearance. And you know who you are. Some of you were scared of them. 
They'd go across the street and eat, and nobody would sit by. Anybody remember that? I remember that. Nobody would sit by. Well, let's see now. I don't really know much about that guy. He obviously is having a hard time. He's a rough-looking character. Sometimes he'd come in here and look like he just got out of a fist fight and probably did the night before. And, uh, you know, there were just some things there that you think, well, you know, I don't think might not be the best thing for me to take my little granddaughters and sit down there and, you know. And I think everybody gets that. We don't want to be ignorant. We don't, we don't want to be stupid. But if you'll listen to what I said, nobody will go sit with him. He was a little crazy, really. He had some mental illness. And, uh, but I don't know. What do we do? What do we do? Do we reject people that are odd and weird and strange and dirty and don't live like we do and don't think like we do and don't act like we do? What do we do? Well, the fact is we're just scared of the darkness. And when we perceive darkness comes around, when darkness enters in, when darkness approaches us, when we get in a situation we're not comfortable with, we don't know about that. We're not sure about this situation. A lot of times, boils down to we're just afraid. We're afraid. And we're afraid of a lot of things. And again, most of it goes back to self-preservation. What's that guy going to do to me? Well, probably nothing. I don't think he ever did a thing to anybody when he came. Never did. Never hurt anybody. Never threatened anybody. But we're just afraid of the darkness. And I think in some ways we should be. We have a right to be. We're afraid of the darkness. There's some places we don't want to go at a certain time at night. There's some parts of town we don't feel comfortable hanging out after 9 o'clock at night. And there's some of you here that are, no doubt tell me, you ought to be afraid. <laughs> don't go there. Right. Okay. Get it. Yes. So, you know, where do you, how do you balance all of this? And, and, and there's a gray area there, kind of. And we're not sure what's best to do or what not to do. And so what we typically do when we are uncertain, when we are a little bit of afraid in any situation, we withdraw. And that's what was happening to that guy across the street, you see. We would withdraw. I'll go eat over on this side of the room instead of over there in the corner where he's at. So what darkness, what are you afraid of? What sinful 
evil, wicked, awful situation, persons, things scare you? Are you scared of people who have a different skin color than you? Okay. Well, what if they're a lot bigger than you and have a different skin color than you? Then are you scared? Well, then what if, what if they look like they just got out of a street fight? Then at what point do you get scared? You know, I don't, all of these things are kind of subjective, aren't they? But it's still the reality of the world that we live in. We live in this kind of thing. We really do. But Jesus just says, be a light to the world. How can you be a light to the world if you're sticking your light under a bushel or a bed and nobody can see it? How can we bring people to Christ? How can we bring good into people's lives? How can we help and serve and give if we're running away from them? Are Christians supposed to have courage? Do you think? Do you think we're supposed to have courage? Do you think we rely entirely on ourselves, on my thoughts, on my perspective, or maybe God's perspective might be a little bit broader? And I think it is most of the time. Did Jesus run from the lepers? No, I went and hugged them. Anybody in your family get on to you because you hugged somebody that was sick? <laughs> Happened to me this morning, actually. Folks, I don't know. I don't know what's best in a lot of situations. I don't know if I need to shake these boys' hands, pat them on the back, give them a hug, or stay clear away from them. What do you think? What do you think? What? And, and, and that's the dilemma we're in all the time with life. In all kinds of situations, we're in those dilemmas. We're in those situations. I'm not sure what to do. What do I do? What? Well, how about let's try our best to think of what is best. What, what is best for these guys instead of what is best for me? And I think that's one of our biggest problems, folks. We're way too concerned about ourselves and not nearly as concerned as we should be about the other person. So 
let's spend this new year, and I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, go find everybody that's got COVID and give them a big hug and a kiss. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that in the bigger picture, generally speaking, in a world of darkness, in a world of sin, we are more apt to withdraw or turn and run than we are to let our light shine in the darkness. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Let your light shine in such a way, he said, that men will see your good works and God will be glorified. How many opportunities did you miss the last year to glorify God because you withdrew from a situation instead of courageously stepping in the situation and doing good and showing love? Listen to Lamentations chapter 3. Verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When you're scared, when you're afraid, You're forgetting about the steadfast love of the Lord for you and for the other person. God loves us. He is steadfast in his love for us. He's not going to waver. He's there. He's real. He's strong. He is faithful. God is faithful. In Isaiah chapter 43, I want to read verse 9. All the nations... Let's see, that's, I'm, I'm in the wrong spot. Oh, well, this is not the verse that I was looking for. The verse, there is a, a, a verse in Isaiah where God says, See, I am about to do a new thing. Do you see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will make a stream in the desert. Now I want you to think about this verse. We serve a God who can make a way when there is no way. So in all of our difficult situations, in all of our struggles, in all of our sickness, in all of our pain, in all of our disappointments, in all the stuff that you personally are dealing with, just remember this. 
even if there appears to be no way. Taylor, would you stand up for a minute? I'm not going to embarrass you. Just stand up for a minute. Yeah. You don't have to say a word. Just stand up. Everybody see that little girl? Okay, you can sit down. I want everybody to see Taylor. God made a way when there seemed to be no way. Isn't that right, Jessica? When there seemed to be no way, no hope, Sometimes she came in here and she couldn't even walk by herself. She was thin as a living person could be, I guess. And as weak and no telling how many times on the doorstep of death itself. And look at that beautiful, healthy, smiling girl right now. God made a way Rocky, stand up for a minute. Some of you know Rocky's story. Some of you don't know Rocky's story. But I'm going to tell you this. When you hear Rocky's story, you will know. You will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have a God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. Who brings water, a stream, where there is none. To the desert. Rocky was living in the wilderness, in the desert, in many, many ways, in the darkness, swallowed up in the darkness. That woman sitting next to him, she would, she would tell everybody at one point, there is no way. They were laughing. You can sit down, Rocky. They were laughing with us yesterday, saying, it's so... Funny, shocking, amazing that we're here. That we're, that we're here. Here. Their life looks nothing like it did a year ago. God makes a way when there is no way. And that's why it's so important for your light to shine in the darkness, Rocky, I don't know, we, Be Becky and I, we, we invite people over to our house. Sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. Uh, so we invite Rocky and Lori over to our, we don't, we don't know these people. We invite them over to our house for dinner. Have you ever invited anybody to dinner for the first time to your house and they said, Hey, that's great. I'll bring the food and I'll cook. <laughs> you, you, you know, Becky, come on. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and so they did. And so, man, they come in with all this food and, and Rocky is going to grill some, some meat, some ribs and stuff. And, and so he's, he's out there. And so, I'm, of course, I'm, you know, I can't cook. And, but I, I want to be supportive and encouraging and 
and get to know him a little bit. So I, I sit down there and, and we begin to talk. And Rocky starts telling me his story. And I'm like, <laughs> having to pick my chin up off the ground, you know. And, uh, and then he keeps on, and then I'm like, well, should I be scared? <laughs> Maybe I better go in the house <laughs> and lock the door. <laughs> and look, what I've learned through so many of you and so many others is God makes a way when there seems to be no way. No way. We can look at people, we can look at situations, and we can say, no way. There ain't no way. And now, just look at what God has done. And so, that's why you let your light shine. You let your light shine because that means you reflect the goodness and the glory of God, the light of Jesus that's shining all around and in and through us. That's what people see. It's not about you. It's not about me. It doesn't matter about us. What matters is that if we are close to Jesus, if we follow Christ, the light and the glory of Christ comes through us. And people see that. One of the best things that people say about this church when they visit, and sometimes we'll ask them, you know, how did you find out about our church and, and what brought you to Irving Church or whatever? And almost every time they will say, well, there's just so much love and acceptance. That's letting your light shine. And that's what we're supposed to do. And so this year, 2022, just ask yourself, whatever comes your way, whatever happens in your life, whatever you're dealing with, just ask yourself, am I reflecting the light of Jesus in this situation? Praise team, why don't you come on up? I'm going to read one passage of Scripture, and then I'm done. Romans chapter 8. There have been a lot of people over the years tell me this is their favorite passage. What then should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I think maybe I need to read that again. Listen. Listen very carefully. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, with Jesus, graciously give us all things. 
Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it, it is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Nothing, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2022, bring it on. 